0: The following presentation by Taylor Fragon Capital Management LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of Taylor Fragon's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. Or at www.taylorfragon.com. Welcome again to the Long Only Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. Jerry, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay, all things considered.
0: Yep it's been a it's been a week. Yep. Uh, we probably should start off by acknowledging it's all news now, but it affects a lot of people, and our our business and our relationships are no exception. With the the awful attacks in Israel. Correct. We've got a pretty large investment there in a couple of companies, um, both on the public and the private side.
1: Well, like about, more than a uh, about 11 companies. companies. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. And um, on one hand, it uh, it feels like just virtue signaling saying what is obvious that this is tragedy and it's awful. And on the other hand, that message hasn't quite reached all corners of society here in America.
1: Apparently not. Certainly so not.
0: We're still divided on. Massacre, rape, beheadings, killing infants. So
1: yeah, it's uh, the equivocation goes on. That's all we can say. But uh, we have been in touch with our companies there. They are, you know, in typical Israeli fashion, stiff up, stiff upper lip, and uh, as much as is possible, business as usual. And you know, these these are these companies have been aware of these kinds of possibilities for their whole existence, and have. Redundancy on top on top of redundancy, you know, m- m- you know, backups outside of Israel for all their major infrastructure, technology infrastructure, and the like. Um, but for the most part, it's business as usual, as crazy as that may sound, because it's obviously not business as usual um, with respect to this particular instance. And 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 I would say I want to emphasize that because business as usual in Israel is often that there are skirmishes and problems going on you know, around the border regions of either Gaza or in the north with Lebanon and Syria. Um, this was obviously a, a bigger event. Um, and so, you know, there was certainly a little bit of concern over, okay, was, was it, was it this, was it different? There is it different this time other than the veracity of the attack and the results, which are were, you know, the worst that Israel has seen, certainly since the Yom Kippur War. Um, for all practical purposes, I think now, almost by definition, um, it's actually become a much safer place in the last week because, it, it, you know, whatever complacency there might have been after a while going, going by where, uh, you know, I want to say nothing happened, but it was relatively quiet on the, on the southern and northern fronts. Um, this was obviously a major shakeup in that, and I think, again, by definition, it's they're they're on over will overload with respect to security right now, and uh, I, I don't underestimate their capabilities to be able to protect themselves. Let's just put it that way, and I don't underestimate their abilities to be able to keep that stiff upper lip and continue to do their business. And they know that their great asset is their people, their innovation, their business community, their technology, particularly. And they know that that's what you know ultimately is their um is what allows them to do as well not just survive but thrive. So I fully expect we'll see um uh I, I expect we'll see a significant response um but I also expect we'll see a significant recovery uh from this and uh they will be as determined as ever to be successful as companies. So let's just let's just put it that way, which which, you know, we've always known when we invest in Israel that there's the possibility of geopolitical risk and tensions. And, and we're going through a period like that right now, worse than we've seen in a long time. But nonetheless, they've recovered from these types of situations before and they will
0: again. It's just so sad to see, the, as you said, the equivocation that's happening in some circles, because you can acknowledge a situation, Let's given that some people may not see the situation with the same lens as, as others and it's obviously a very troubled area that goes back a very long time but there are certain aspects of a conflict that can be very black and white and that's that's why we have things like war crimes the geneva convention things yeah. like that and just the the inability
1: well of, civilized human beings have those kinds of of, of institutions and unfortunately what we're dealing with in this circumstance is people who are uncivilized
0: well and a lot of allegedly and, civilized
1: people who are protecting them and that's true too yeah, so and, and it's all shame it, it is all a shame. shame but you know it's it's also the broken world that we live in i think i've used that term a lot lately um but good will prevail and and there's some really really good people there especially the ones running and working in our businesses that we are investors in and i suspect they will again and not only will they they come out of this okay they'll thrive out of this um Investment will continue to pour into Israel in fact I would I would almost argue I don't have to argue this I, I will make a, a prediction and I think it's pretty likely to become true that that investment will pour into Israel that they'll get more investment and you know because every major technological breakthrough in the last 60 70 years frankly has Israel's hands have been on it I mean from the microchip to <laughs> drip irrigation I mean you, you pick it. And everything in between. Um, they're just a, an extremely innovative and um, uh, resourceful people. Um, they've had their own internal struggles. Um, and I in th- you know my first reaction was oh gosh has it been the these internal struggles that have caused them to lose their intelligence focus and I don't think that that's that's necessarily the case it may be part of the case but um, they're fighting some similar battles that what we're fighting in the in the US and <clears throat> in parts of Western Europe right now uh, with with respect to you know those that that you know that view the world differently with respect to what businesses role should be and and what uh, you know, what we would consider to be common sense and common morality, um, but you know, they'll sort that out as well. I think right now, um, and and as a, as a exemplified by this unity government that's been formed for purposes of just security and defense, um, I think the squabbling and the and the finger pointing and. Uh, yes, maybe heads will roll at some point with respect to who might be responsible for our, for for being asleep at the switch that that may come there will be time for that, and that's none of our our concern that's an internal Israeli issue but as far as the business that they do and it's important to emphasize that israeli companies the vast majority of their business is done outside of of Israel in fact, i mean effectively a hundred percent of their business is done outside of of israel so um as long as they're doing what they're doing, which is keeping full full steam ahead and all all operations functioning. Um, in fact, once the CEO that we spoke to today said, "You know, we were in a holiday the last few weeks. To be honest, we're more up, we're being more productive today than we have been in the last couple of weeks with all the holiday that took place." So, um, expect that Israel come out of this stronger. Okay. Anything else to say about that subject? I
0: think that's it for right. now. I had something else I wanted to talk about. Yes. completely different. Yes. I mean, it relates to business and investing and mm-hmm. things like that. The trouble, the issue with microcaps, we are talking about this earlier, and also just how top-heavy the market is. Yes. And the future prospects of that. I think what it comes down and, to... It, it, it defines t- top-heavy. Well, basically, you have the, the FANG plus the couple other stocks moving the whole right. S&P. Right. And so...
1: The most liquid, the most easily tradable, which yes. is liquid, right?
0: And in our mind, it comes largest,
1: down to largest, most, most annoying.
0: No. Yeah, exactly. I was going <laughs> to say most evil, but uh, that's even, uh, <laughs> we digress. But what I was going to say is, it just comes down to this: what brought us here won't get us there. Is the bet we're making?
1: Totally agree. We're getting we, we're witnessing right now in in the market, particularly and this is what's so an, annoying, particularly for as annoying of, as a
0: very, very highly capitalized tech company. Yes.
1: Okay. Is the complete ignorance over where innovation is happening and what the innovation is. Um, you know, the growth oriented, innovation oriented companies many of them, by the way, in Israel, that, that this was happening long before what happened, the, the horrific Saturday last week, are being just completely thrown out. And it, it's it's the proverbial baby with the bathwater. Only only I don't even, I wouldn't even argue that the bathwater should be being thrown out at this point. It's it's just, there, the baby has barely even gotten in the bathwater. It's relatively clean. Um, and yet the combination of, of, over overzealousness on the part of the Fed, which I think is now um, so focused, and they always are, in my opinion, focused on the wrong things, but they're so focused on um, more people working and economic growth causes inflation, wrong, but they're so focused on that, that they're, gonna, they're, they're likely going to succeed in creating an economic, at least an economic slowdown, at least um, hurting the economy more than they need to. Um, that combined with this uh, just lack of liquidity and lack of human interaction with trading transactions on a day to day basis, particularly in small, I'd, I'd say mid-size, even small and particularly micro cap companies. So when I say micro cap, let's define that right now. I think today you can you can certainly below a half a billion
0: in market cap is it qualifies as micro cap market cap for those of you market cap, the home, value of the, company. the value of the company based on value of the stock price mm-hmm. times number of shares outstanding the,
1: right the stock price per share times the number of shares outstanding you know so uh, small cap and, and pick a number between a billion or half a billion and a billion some would even call micro cap under a billion but let's just say half a billion to a billion starts moving into small cap, small cap runs up to now I've heard, you know, I've heard people talk about small cap being up to 15 billion shocking as that may be. Um, And, and say, you know, pick a number between, you know, five and 15 billion as being the cutoff to where you start getting into mid cap. But those names are not as efficiently priced right now in the market. it's just, it just, it is what it is. And you get very little, Action in share in shares, you know, very small number of shares are moving these stocks in incredible fashion. If if a stock dare put out any news that might be construed the least bit negative, i.e., um, you know, this quarter is going to be a little less than we expected, um, and when I say a little, I mean you know, maybe it's five percent to ten percent less revenue or sale or earnings than they expect. The stock's down thirty percent. You know, knee jerk, boom, down 30%. That was my finger snapping. Um, and and I would say that the, the reverse can, can be true, but it's not happening as much these days, partly because of the macro headwinds. I've got my hands in quotes right now that we keep hearing about, which have yet to really thoroughly appear. But nonetheless, you know, part of it's that. Part of it's just overall Fed fear. Um, interest rates up bad for growth companies. Uh, no one's really been thoroughly able to explain that to me other than the, the pure mathematical equation of how they value things using interest rates as a discount rate, um, which, you know, which is not totally irrational, but I'm just saying that's all of these things combined to be more irrational and um, all things are treated the same. So it doesn't matter company A to company B to company C who each, almost by definition have very different fundamental activity going on inside of them, fundamental factors that are affecting them. And yet they're treated the same as a quote unquote growth company or an innovation company. And thus uh, the fed comes out and says something about, you know, higher interest rates for longer, or uh, we get a CPI report. That's a little bit higher on inflation than was expected. And while inflation has been a real problem over the last few years uh, it has come down. It's had c- come down considerably. The money supply has come down considerably, and whatever you know foot, fits and starts we get on the way down in inflation. And I'm not going to suggest that inflation is going to go to zero because they they don't even want it to go to zero, as crazy as that is. Um, but it is coming down, and we will eventually probably overshoot. The Fed is uh, will overshoot. Will will uh, slow the economy more, maybe even cause a recession. All of that will be self-induced. Um, but it appears at the moment that until um, this cycle in interest rates rising gets gets sorted out you're going to have this kind of irrationality going on. When it stops who knows. It's it'll stop when the rate the rates are finally done going up and and I fear that that's going to be in a major vacuum where the changes will be so stark. You could see 20, 30 and 40% moves in portfolios like we have in a very short period of time which I don't think is healthy either. The 80% of 2020 is not really healthy, even though, you know, at the time we were like, whoa, isn't that great? Well, deep down, we were like, that's not normal. Um, and and the, the, end, the, the flip side of that is what we're kind of living through right now. So um, stay tuned. I don't think we're far from that happening, which sure, again, we'll be happy to see it end and see things firm up. But there still is this... What I think sort of fundamental disconnect um, between how companies are perceived and what actually is going on inside, and I believe it still is a relatively short, maybe bleeding into an intermediate time frame issue. In other words, if I'm thinking in terms of well day to day I don't really care what the price of, a, of my company is doing because I'm concerned about excuse me, I'm concerned about their long-term business performance. Not the stock price from day to day, and those inefficiencies can happen on a day to day, maybe week to week. Traditionally, maybe even month to month, maybe even quarter to quarter. What's happening now is I think that's extending out where this irrationality is kind of going on for a longer period, and maybe this is just the effect of a longer growth uh, bear market and growth stocks. I, I don't, I don't know, but um, I think that that it ultimately does still rest in the value will matriculate to those that are fundamentally sound. And eventually the fundamental soundness will be visible. Uh, it's just a painful process on the way to getting there. And we're dealing with, like I said, a, a much less, it, its a, I don't even say a much less forgiving, it's a ridiculously unforgiving market pricing environment on any given day, week, month, quarter at the moment because that's just what it is. And I think it has a direct, it's directly related to uh, you know the lack of focus on fundamentals the uh, hyper focus on liquidity um, or lack thereof in certain parts of the market and so yeah those those big gigantic companies you mentioned fan mags whatever I've heard them called all kinds of different things used to be fangs now there's a few more but it's not it's less than 10 um, and they dominate the the market capitalization weighted indices like the s and p 500 um, I I think that that doesn't end well because that's purely it, it's liquidity driven, and I don't think that that's uh, going to particularly work out over the long haul. I mean, and just by law of large numbers, I mean when you're talking about companies that are valued at you know two trillion dollars or even a trillion dollars or for that matter a half a billion dollars, it's a lot harder to grow that company to be a ten billion, uh, excuse me, I'm using the wrong billion, the, the ten trillion dollar company. Than it is to take a company that's a hundred million to take it to a billion, or a billion to take it to ten billion, and so on and so forth. And I think eventually those things do come into play, and we will see that correction. And and I just I think that that correction back to the upside again could be swift, violent, and you 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 blink your eyes and you miss it.
0: But other than that, everything's fine. Yeah. All right. The key there is with the sun also rises the sun also rises um is the fact that just when push comes to shove this is about feeding the beast and whatever you think of the there's these large companies facebook uh netflix amazon their business practices whether you hate the the uh amazon Thursday night football game or not right but regardless of their business practices they've They've had remarkable growth and remarkable innovation. really. Just, you know, giving the the devil its due there. And so. And we owned Apple and we owned Amazon and we didn't own Facebook. We didn't own Google,
1: but we did own those companies in the past and did very, very well with them. And, you know, our our story is when they get that big, we it's it's just not for us. But that's but that bigness has helped them in this recent environment. And I, I would say it's helped them in the last 20 years to a great degree but i think the business prospects now i mean why 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 did we sell some of those companies because the business prospects when you get
0: to be the size that they are just start
1: to simply by definition become much more you know alluring
0: and they're responsible for a large deal of the s&p's gains this year oh for sure so we're aware we see the fact sheets we make the fact sheets we know as a smid company that competing against the s&p has has been a rough. This year has been, has been relatively year. rough. Yeah, it's been rough, but we have to understand what we're talking about when we're talking about the S and P. And when you're when you're betting on the S and P, you're betting on seven companies that are very large and that are going to have to deal with a, the law of large numbers and having to sustain that going forward. Yeah. So I'm not saying it can't happen because we're not making predictions. We see weird, weird stuff happen, but it is.
1: Let's put it this way. I, f- I feel a whole lot more comfortable in my businesses in my businesses that I own um, than I would in those. If I could trade my 45 for those 10, let's say, or seven or 10, not, a, ch- not a
0: chance. And you have the opportunity to do that every day. I can have opportunity to do that every <laughs> and day. And have chosen not to. So I think it's pretty clear where we're, we've stuck our flag. And keep in mind also, we're not merely relying on reversion to mean here there's an option of, you know, we, we think there's going to be a snapback and, and that we will benefit from it. But ultimately we're talking about good companies that we- Yeah, are. we're talking about the businesses and what they're actually doing and how it ultimately plays
1: out over the next five, 10 years, which is always the timeframe that we're continuously pushing things out to. is is This is, and, and the one thing I might say though, is that, especially in the microcap arena. And it's one of the reasons why we're raising the funds we're raising for right now to do right now is a, a big focus on late stage venture, almost private equity and, and micro cap companies that are already public, but very small. I think that, I think that phenomenon could play out over the next two, two to three years in a major way. Venture capital like returns in some of these companies that are trading for nothing. Only because they're guilty by association of being. <laughs> There's a philosophical one for you. The art of being. The guilt of
0: being. Or the guilt of being. The Doug Conley story. Mm-hmm. Any other stories? Add? No, I think we'll leave that alone. All right. Well, in the meantime, please go to our website, TaylorForgotten.com. Instagram, TaylorForgon.Invest. Email us at longonly at TaylorForgon.com and of course you can rate us on iTunes. Until next week, I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. Thanks for joining us on the Long Only Podcast.